imagine sitting on a Boeing 737 in the business class and without a roof on top. Well, it is not your personal balcony. My name is Amit and Mindfly Katha presents another episode on the Boeing 737 decompression of Follow Wire Lines. On 28th April 1988, Boeing 737 was flying from Honolulu and as she reached cruising level, there was a loud bang. The portion just behind the cockpit had separated. There was a decompression. One life was lost. Luckily, the aircraft was able to land after about 15 to 18 minutes in Maui. Thereafter, there was an investigation, public hearing by National Transport Safety Board, NTSB. A number of factors were identified. Surprisingly, the factors which caused the accident were well known. Some had been known for 20 years. It was just a matter of time before all the factors came together and caused a tragedy. The Aloha Boeing 737 was being flown by First Officer Madeline Tompkins when it burst apart. She told investigators how her head was jerked back by the blast. The captain told how the cockpit door was blown away, how he could see back into the cabin and how there was blue sky where the roof had been. There were 89 passengers strapped in but well aware of their plight. They had seen nearly six meters of cabin disappear and some had seen the flight attendant being swept away. The crew diverted the crippled aircraft to Maui. The captain said that the aircraft was shaking a little, rocking slightly and felt springy. No doubt everyone on board was shaking. Experienced engineers still do not know how the aircraft held together and landed safely, being held just by the floorboards. The fuselage of the Aloha Boeing failed despite the fact that it was designed and built to well-proven rules. Why? A fuselage is designed to sustain all flight and landing loads and most importantly, it must be strong enough to contain the cabin air pressure. The skin is less than 1 mm thick, thickness of a credit card. It is made in panels which are typically about 4 meters to 2 meters wide. These are joined together with rivets and compressed. Obviously, the skin is weaker where it is drilled to rivets. So on early, Boeing 737 engineers tried to reinforce the joints with epoxy adhesive. It was these joints which failed first and let the skin rip away from the aircraft. first Boeing was delivered in 1967, Aloha 
aircraft was delivered in 69 the adhesive worked much like two tubes mixed by some handyman except that the glue was pre-mixed and held on a scrim tape by keeping it refrigerated the adhesive reacted and it kept the skin together in the time of construction the adhesive tape was laid between the skins and rivets were set in that was the theory in practice adhesive did not really bond to the aluminum skin it only bonded to the very thin layer of oxide on the surface of the aluminum so it did not actually stick to the aluminum and just to the oxide which had formed attachment of the oxide film to the metal underneath was dangerously variable also if scrim was too cold when it was applied it attracted condensation which prevented proper adhesion if the scrim got too warm it partially cured before it was in place and again adhesion failed when adhesion failed the rivets and surrounding skin were overloaded and the skin began to crack so what was boeing doing during the whole process boeing was not secretive about the problem the bonding deficiencies and their rectification were discussed in many technical papers the whole industry was embarrassed boeing progressively improved the design of the skin joints and hoped that the aircraft already in service the problem could be controlled with enhanced inspections so from may 1970 onwards boeing sent the airlines a series of bulletins recommending inspection and sealing of joints the faa issued compulsory orders known as airworthiness directives which required that all us airlines inspect the skin joints of their old 737 to keep the cost down fa made only the inspections mandatory along the two most critical joints inspection of the other joints was still at the discretion of the airline now another important point is when fa inspects does it reveal all the deficiencies to the local regulator in this case apparently a number of deficiencies were not for the simple reason that the orders would be affected maintenance at aloha was not up to the standards primarily for profits that had become the corporate culture whole industry had become complacent about maintenance and particularly about the durability of old aircraft all the boeing was concerned about its old aircraft in general terms it was too complacent about the fuselage this was because of a naive faith in a concept called lead crack boeing engineers believed that if a fuselage did crack anywhere a single lead crack would grow along the skin until it reached the fuselage frame then it would turn at right angles and a triangular shaped tear would blow out and safely dump the fuselage pressure Boeing is a closed-knit company 
and when an idea like this takes hold it becomes accepted as gospel it went unchallenged by most of the faa the british and australian authorities never accepted the concept but needed an accident to prove them right so the aloha accident got dramatic media coverage in the world in the us it crystallized public concern about deteriorating safety standards in the aftermath of deregulation the public and media pressure and congress in turn pressured the fa if fa would not take stringent action then matter would be handled directly by congress and all aircraft over a certain age would be packed Imagine sitting on a Boeing 737 in the business class and without a roof on top. Well, it is not your personal balcony. My name is Amit and Mindfly Katha presents another episode on the Boeing 737 decompression of Aloha Airlines. On 28th April 1988, Boeing 737 was flying from Honolulu and as she reached cruising level there was a loud bang the portion just behind the cockpit had separated there was a decompression one life was lost luckily the aircraft was able to land after about 15 to 18 minutes in Maui Thereafter there was an investigation public hearing by National Transport Safety Board NTSB A number of factors were identified Surprisingly the factors which caused the accident were well known Some had been known for 20 years It was just a matter of time before all the factors came together and caused a tragedy. The Aloha Boeing 737 was being flown by First Officer Madeline Tompkins when it burst apart. She told investigators how her head was jerked back by the blast. The captain told how the cockpit door was blown away. how we could see back into the cabin and how there was blue sky with the roof had been there were 89 passengers strapped in but well aware of the plight they had seen nearly 6 meters of cabin disappear and some had seen the flight attendant being swept away the crew diverted the crippled aircraft to maui The captain said that the aircraft was shaking a little, rocking slightly, and felt springy. No doubt everyone on board was shaking. Experienced engineers still do not know how the aircraft held together and landed safely, being held just by the floorboards. 
The fuselage of the Aloha Boeing failed despite the fact that it was designed and built to well-proven rules. Why? A fuselage is designed to sustain all flight and landing loads and most importantly, it must be strong enough to contain the cabin air pressure. The skin is less than 1 mm thick, thickness of a credit card. It is made in panels which are typically about 4 meters to 2 meters wide. These are joined together with rivets. In compressed, obviously the skin is weaker where it is drilled to rivets. So on early Boeing 737 engineers tried to reinforce the joints with epoxy adhesive. So these joints which failed first and let the skin rip away from the aircraft. The first Boeing was delivered in 1967. Aloha aircraft was delivered in 1969. The adhesive worked much like two tubes mixed by some handyman, except that the glue was pre-mixed and held on a scrim tape. by keeping it refrigerated the adhesive reacted and it kept the skin together in the time of construction the adhesive tape was laid between the skins and rivets were set in that was the theory in practice adhesive did not really bond to the aluminum skin it only bonded to the very thin layer of oxide on the surface of the aluminum so it did not actually stick to the aluminum and just to the oxide which had formed attachment of the oxide film to the metal underneath was dangerously variable also if scrim was too cold when it was applied it attracted condensation which prevented proper adhesion if the scrim got too warm it partially cured before it was in place and again adhesion failed when adhesion failed the rivets and surrounding skin were overloaded and the skin began to crack so what was boeing doing during the whole process boeing was not secretive about the problem the bonding deficiencies and their rectification were discussed in many technical papers the whole industry was embarrassed Boeing progressively improved the design of the skin joints and hoped that the aircraft already in service the problem could be controlled with enhanced inspections so from May 1970 onwards Boeing sent the airlines a series of bulletins recommending inspection and sealing of joints the FAA issued compulsory orders known as airworthiness directives which required that all US airlines inspect the skin joints of their old 737 to keep the cost down FAA made only the inspections mandatory along the two most critical joints inspection of the other joints was still at the discretion of the airline now another important point is when FAA inspects does it reveal all the deficiencies to the local regulator in this case apparently 
a number of deficiencies were not for the simple reason that the orders would be affected maintenance at aloha was not up to the standards primarily for profits that had become the corporate culture the whole industry had become complacent about maintenance and particularly about the durability of old aircraft all the boeing was concerned about its old aircraft in general terms it was too complacent about the fuselage this was because of a naive faith in a concept called lead crack boeing engineers believed that if a fuselage did crack anywhere a single lead crack would grow along the skin until it reached the fuselage frame then it would turn at right angles and a triangular shaped tear would blow out and safely dump the fuselage pressure boeing is a closed knit company and when an idea like this takes hold it becomes accepted as gospel it went unchallenged by most of the faa the british and australian authorities never accepted the concept but needed an accident to prove them right so the aloha accident got dramatic media coverage in the world in the us it crystallized public concern about deteriorating safety standards in the aftermath of deregulation the public and media pressure and congress in turn pressured the fa if fa would not take stringent action then matter would be handled directly by congress and all aircraft over a certain age would be packed 